Distinctive is a great way to start any podcast. (laughs) Easily the best way. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Big Freaking Health Coach Podcast. I'm Big Freaking Neil, and I'm joined by my buddy, my workout partner, my brain twin, my business partner. Brain twin. I love brain twin. We're keeping right? that forever. I think so, too. <laughs> uh, health coach Alex Kane, everybody. Alex Kane. What's going on, buddy? It's going, man. Yeah. Like, thing, things are all right, in spite yeah. of the state of the world. Yeah. I think... Uh, I think things are overall things okay are now. As okay as they can be. For, for a fitness business specifically. Yes. yes. So let's get into that a little bit. Uh, part of what we want to talk about today is the goals of this podcast, what we are looking to get out of it, um, and also just sort of the state of our businesses, where we're at currently. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you start us off, buddy? Man, uh I think we, we very much agree that the goal of this podcast is to deliver immediately actionable information about your fitness, nutrition, mm-hmm. sleep quality, stress management, all of the things that combine to make you the strongest, healthiest version of yourself Agreed. Uh, moving through life. Um, yeah. It is not going to be one of those gimmicky things that's yeah. like, hey, you're going to do a set extender today and all of a sudden you'll look like the Hulk tomorrow because right. that's mostly bullshit. Because it's wise. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is going to be about sustainability. It's going to be about reaching your goals and about doing so with the least amount of interruption to your life mm-hmm. and the least introduction of stress into that life as possible. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, the most annoying thing ever as far as consuming content is when the content is too abstract and not actionable and not practical. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that would be like if I'm consuming business slash success content Mm -hmm. and it's just all abstract concepts and there's nothing that I can just click off the podcast and immediately go do. Yeah. I can't stand that. So like when they go, just build your email list and you go, but how, but how (laughs) focus on marketing. What's what's the very first thing I do there? Yeah. I think uh, that's, that's pretty much what we're covering. Step yeah. by step, here's what you do. Yep. Um, obviously, over the course of time, not every episode is going to be the stepwise next step in your particular journey, but right. it will be something that you can use that day. Right. Yeah. I, my goal with this is to make something where you guys can listen to it, turn it off, and then immediately have something you can go do like right then. Yeah. Literally, you can turn it off go work out for, for sure or whatever it is. If, if you're listening to this in the car on the way to your workout or on the mm-hmm. way to the grocery store, mm-hmm. you will have a new to do item when you arrive. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Agreed. Uh, okay. So let's dive into where you and I are at. Uh, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic closed down gyms nationwide, worldwide, really mm-hmm. uh, definitely threw a big wrench in the fitness business as a whole. Um, How's your business doing, buddy? Uh, it's okay. It's different. It has changed pretty drastically from where it was. I went from a yeah. very high percentage of in-person sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing against online training. I online train a lot of people, and obviously I'm a lot more now with yeah. the current situation. Yeah. But I've always just preferred one-on-one in-person interaction. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I kind of built my training style around that. And I'm realizing that there are a lot of really strong upsides yeah. to not having that much exposure to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I always believed that I didn't need to babysit people for every rep. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. Like, and if, if they don't need me to watch every movement they make, they shouldn't pay me to watch every movement they make. Right. You know, it's about coaching, mm-hmm. not about supervision. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's easy as a trainer to get in the habit of sort of playing the role of babysitter slash mindless rep counter, yeah. right? Where really the focus should be on the programming and a lot of that you can do virtually. Yeah. So in your experience during this whole thing, did you notice that certain clients excelled at it while certain didn't? Did everybody just kick butt the whole time? What was your experience there? Um, it comes down to people's learning styles. Yeah. And their specific accountability needs. Um, for for the sake of habit, some people need a separate place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, my clients, honestly, from from the in person overnight, we switched everybody to online. The ones yeah. who really succeeded at online training are the ones who don't need to separate mm-hmm. home from gym. Yes. Um, for the sake of the habit, half of them do need that separation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we worked on other limiting factors and dialed in nutrition and things like that. And mm-hmm. we got as many workouts in as we could, mm-hmm. but for some folks, it's just hard. Whether you have a bunch of kids at home, whether yeah. you're working from home, yeah. um, it made it difficult. Yeah. That was my experience too. I think there's definitely something to be said for gym culture. If you train people in a real in a gym with a really good culture, as soon as you you know walk through the door, you get a certain feeling, and it feels good to be there. You want to be there. You want to work out there. Yes. When you're home, there's no existing workout culture, especially if that's just where you chill. Right. So, and you have to put new effort into creating that for yourself. Right. Like you more or less have to trick yourself into feeling like you're at the gym. Right. And it's hard when all of your stuff is there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. What I tried to do, my, my experience was very similar to yours. What I tried to do was create as much culture for them as I could just with the means I had of communicating with them. Mm-hmm. Um, just and how of, did you communicate with them? What, what was most effective for you? So I, and I know you do as well, use an app called Trainerize. Um, I use that for program delivery and also direct messaging. Mm -hmm. Um, Clients can be separated into groups so they can communicate with each other, um, post status updates, much like a social media website. Mm -hmm. Um, So that makes it more of a community community thing and makes it easier to build culture within that than if it's, you know, just me and them and all they're getting is a word doc with exercises. Yeah. So my primary means of communication with them is was the app and also um, text message. Pretty much all my clients have my phone number and communicate with me directly that way. Yeah, for sure. So I think the biggest thing, though, was just staying in constant contact and making sure some type of workout culture is there so the experience is still fun for them. Yeah. Because if there's no culture then all you're doing is exercises that hurt and (laughs) make your muscles feel. It's just an uncomfortable to do list, you know? Exactly. It's just a list of things you don't want to do. So yeah, I would say same here. My business is very different now than it was pre COVID. It definitely, like you said, forced me to move more online, obviously when I couldn't train people in a gym or in person at all. Um, It's also, 
definitely opened up my mind to, to things like house calls, mm-hmm. um, higher levels of service like that, because even as things start to open and businesses start to open, um, in a lot of places, gyms are sort of the last thing to fully reopen. Yeah. So that begs the question, you know, how can we work with it within that and still provide our clients with the highest level of service? So it's definitely made me change my focus a little bit and rework my business structure, which I think was a huge positive thing. Yeah, for sure. I'm in a better, I feel better now business wise than I did pre COVID for sure. Yeah. And another piece to that, I think is, I mean, we're, we're lucky to be in a situation, the two of us where Mm -hmm. we could take that time where we're not allowed to work Yeah, and we could use it to reframe Mm -hmm. and rework some things. And like the time more or less off was actually super beneficial to straightening Mm -hmm. out how best can I serve my clients? Yeah. What do they actually need on an individual basis versus what have I decided they need based off of the podcasts or mm-hmm. the coaches or the things that I listen to? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Have you noticed anything about your actual coaching mm-hmm. that has gotten better? Like, for example, I feel mm. like I've gotten much better at verbal cueing yeah. because I can't poke people where they're supposed to feel it anymore <laughs> yeah. or like manually manipulate anything that yeah, yeah. that they would need to change. I would say the same. I've definitely gotten better just generally communicating verbally um, cues and just just everything, because especially within the app, it's all like text based. There's there's video chat and whatnot. But mm-hmm. a lot of the communication during this time was text based. So it definitely has improved my just overall even like word choice and word the, choice the way I good. phrase things. Yeah. Yeah. Word choice sure. is huge. For sure. I've noticed that my text explanations and even my spoken explanations of things mm-hmm. just contain fewer words. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's more efficient. Yeah. Because before, when you're right in front of somebody, you can sort of ramble on. And because you have those other physical cues, it will still make sense to the client. Mm-hmm. But you have to be very efficient when you don't have any physical cues. And it's literally just your explanation that they're going off of. Exactly. So I agree with that 100%. Awesome. For sure. Um, so what is the status of your personal fitness journey? Where are you at? Oh, buddy? man, I'm not going to lie to you. This was rough. I'm one of those yeah. people, like half of my clients, that doesn't do well working from home. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I working out from home is what I should say. Mm-hmm. So it, it ended up being like pulling teeth mm-hmm. to try, try and get anything done at home. First of yeah. all, I don't have anything heavy enough to be particularly challenging without doing about 9 million reps of everything. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine that you being three times the strength and twice the size of me (laughs) are probably in the same boat. Very similar. Yes. Um, So I ended up doing things like I did a, a Marvel movie fit film challenge. Uh, I'm a huge comic book dork. So I rewatched the entire MCU in chronological order of the story because extra nerd points (laughs) and uh, did it like a drinking game, but with exercises instead of drinking. And so that that was one way that I was able to get in one to two short, low volume workouts a day Mm -hmm. while also doing something that killed time. And I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, But tricking myself into things like that was, was the hard part for me. Yeah. Now that gyms are kind of open again, I've been pretty much back on my workout grind and, mm-hmm. and getting it in three, four days a week. Nice. Um, so what is your experience going back to the gym? Are you, do you notice a big difference pre COVID post COVID like strength level performance level? You know, the strength level is fairly close. There's, yeah. there's some, 
you know, you take some time off and then the coordination, mm-hmm. the technique, you have to kind of remind yourself of it a little bit. The actual strength is not so bad. The muscular endurance is atrocious. Yeah. Yep. Just the volume is destroying <laughs> me. Yep. And like I have to actually I have to take time for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. and rebuild my aerobic base as well. Yeah. Because couch planks are not challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I my experience is the same. I think for for most people, muscular endurance in, with any kind of extended prolonged period of time off from exercise, mm-hmm. muscular endurance. I've seen as the first thing to go. Uh, whereas like the actual strength, like if I were to go in the gym and do as much as I could for five reps right now, it wouldn't be quite where it was, but it would be in the ballpark yeah. of where it was. But like a, a decently heavy set of eight to 10 is miles below what it was. Yeah. So that's been what I've noticed the biggest change into is just, being able to handle the volume and, like you said, the muscular endurance yeah. is definitely taking a dip. Uh, so what kind of workouts were you doing at home? Uh, I have a TRX. I have some bands. I got some nice. sliders. Nice. Um, so it, it was all... I kept up with some mobility and stability stuff, mm-hmm. really more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, part of that is I hate lunges, so it was definitely <laughs> like pulling teeth to do lunges. Yep. But if you want any decent load on your legs, mm-hmm. I mean, I have to go on a single leg. Right. Squats are nothing. I could do squats all day with my body weight. Exactly. Forget about it. Yeah. So there was that. So I did a lot of shoulder stabilizing stuff because my mm-hmm. posture was garbage while I was working from the couch for three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of glute activation. I did some core work. Nice. Um, but those are the things that I kind of emphasized. And then, great, we can crank out some push-ups, banded push-ups. Yeah. Uh, do a bunch of TRX rows, but it's in a door jam. I can't get directly underneath it, so I have to do right. like 50 of those too. <laughs> right. And like at some point, it just got time consuming. Like, all right, this yeah. is, this is kind of. Yeah. I think it was really helpful for me to sort of experience all of those limitations you're talking about and then sort of use that context when coaching my clients too. Yeah. Because it was, you know, I, I'm a big believer in never having a client do something that I've never done specifically because the idea of coaching someone on something that I wouldn't do slash haven't done doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That'd be like, you know, trying to teach someone how to play the guitar when you've never played the guitar. It just, it just doesn't work. I read a really cool article about it. I got certified in guitar playing, but we're going to have you do this. (laughs) Exactly. It's the same reason I don't coach Olympic lifts. Uh I've never really done those lifts. I was a baseball player and Mm -hmm. those are pretty universally contraindicated for that Mm -hmm. population. And I've never coached them. I've never had coaching myself. I'm not going to just be like, yeah, let's do cleans today. Right. Hope your wrists don't break. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's just not a thing. It's a very responsible thing. Yeah. Uh, You were also very good. I was following, obviously I follow all your content really closely because I love it. So big freaking Neil on Instagram guys, check it out. Thanks buddy. Follow, um, turn on post notifications, save everything. (laughs) Like you did a really good job of, of helping people reframe their mindset when it came to those things. Mm. And like, can you talk a little bit about some of the techniques you use with your clients and yeah. in your social media posts that kept people still goal oriented yeah. when there wasn't weight available? Yeah. So my, a lot of my content and what I was talking about with my clients was geared towards 
shifting goals to obviously accommodate the new circumstances. I think a big part of what makes resistance training specifically so awesome is the immediate feedback you get for, you know, where you're at mm-hmm. and the ability to set very, very measurable goals. Like say your goal is to bench 200 pounds. You know exactly where you stand with that every time you get under the bar. Yeah. So it's very measurable. And when you no longer have access to 200 pounds, it begs the question, how do you set those kind of, you know, immediately measurable goals to actually keep you motivated? Yeah. So my biggest thing with, with clients was to set goals based on the circumstances. Like, say, if you can only do five push-ups right now, your goal is to do 10 push-ups. And just shift your mindset from the goals that you've been used to chasing and come up with new goals to chase because that that goal having that goal to chase is so important to staying motivated mm-hmm. so absolutely yeah i would say that was the biggest thing is just shifting the mindset from chasing numbers like pounds on the bar to just finding another thing to chase yeah was the biggest struggle for Good. sure what did you find was most helpful for your clients sort of in the same vein um so my clientele for, for those of you who don't know, Neil is a freaking champion power lifter, and he gets a lot of great strength clients along with general population. My folks tend to be more corrective exercise driven mm-hmm. and more lifestyle driven. Yeah. So this was actually a pretty good opportunity for some folks to work on other aspects of their health as well. Yeah. Um, especially the 50% that didn't do so well if they didn't have a gym to separate their mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the time to build a basic mobility habit into their day. Five minutes one or both ends of their day. You're going to do this thing for this muscle group that's chronically tight for you. You're going to feel like a million bucks. Um, Your sleep is suffering, so we're going to work on your bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. We're going to get you off blue light screens a couple hours ahead of time. Nice. We're going to black out your entire room. We're going to lower the temperature in there, all these kinds of things that usually take a lot longer because you have to fit them into all the other aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. But as... COVID set in and everyone was working from home, one of the few things that we still had control over was our immediate environment. Mm -hmm. And that can be huge when you're working on lifestyle habits, especially in the sleep recovery and stress realm. Mm -hmm. So that was an opportunity that a lot of people took advantage of. And we saw people's average sleep per night go up by one to two hours. Nice. We saw their deep sleep double or triple. Nice. Um, From a stress management standpoint, people got a lot better at recognizing when they're stressed, even Mm -hmm. at a low level and dealing with a quick breathing technique or a Mm -hmm. quick stretch or hourly movement. So they're not at their desk all day. So there were a lot of those things as well that went along with, Hey, you're going to do a 20, 30 minute body weight exercise Mm -hmm. session today. Um, Just focus in on those things that make all these other great habits more sustainable. Yeah. Let's talk about habit coaching for a minute. So I know that you and I both have a very habit-focused coaching style mm-hmm. in that we're, our coaching styles are all about sustainability and actually coaching up clients to the point where they can sustain a habit themselves and they yeah. don't need that babysitting aspect mm-hmm. of a coaching program. What is your? What are some of the tools that you have in your toolkit for helping coach people up on habits and actually getting to a point where 
things are habitual for them yeah. in regards to fitness. It, it's all about it being gradual. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there are probably five or six key health habits yeah. that are going to go into your overall well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, the top four that I touch on with everybody are obviously exercise, nutrition, sleep quality, and stress management. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple other aspects of everyday life that, like your finances and stuff like that, that cause stress. Yeah. But I would still call it a separate thing. I'm not qualified to give financial advice. Sure. So I leave that kind of shit alone. Sure. But we start with whatever is causing the biggest ripple in your life. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple ways to look at that. If people aren't exercising, I always start with exercise. Mm-hmm. Because psychologically, it's a cornerstone habit. Mm-hmm. Like you are more likely to change your nutrition if you have started exercising yeah. than if you hadn't. Right. Even though arguably nutrition might make the bigger difference mm-hmm. in your physical health, yeah. your mindset's not right for it because you're not doing this other thing already. Yeah. So depending on where the person is and the priorities that they have mm-hmm. and someone's priorities aren't always theirs to choose, mm-hmm. work family, that kind of stuff. It's going to come first, whether you really care about your fitness or not. Yeah. So we kind of dig into what would make the biggest impact. I call it low hanging fruit. Yeah. And then we set stupidly simple goals. Mm -hmm. It should be such a modest improvement that the client goes, are you serious? That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, of course I can do that. Yeah. And I go, good. Show me. Yeah. We're going to do that for two weeks. Yeah. And when you prove that that's a super easy thing to do, then Mm -hmm. we'll add another thing on top of it. Mm Mm-hmm. My biggest thing that I have to stress with people is, like you said, only focusing on one thing at a time. Yes. At least initially, because it is a huge difference if you are focusing on just building one habit than if you're focusing on like two or three things at once. That almost never works. (laughs) And usually it's like an all or nothing situation. It's if you're focusing, if you're trying to build three different habits at the same time, it's not usually one of them doesn't even make it through. It's usually that you end up doing none of them and that you completely fall off. I've found too, some people need to actually regress habitually to then continue to progress. Yes. Um, I'm really glad you said that. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I was not thinking about that just now. A good example would be, um, I have a client who is amazingly consistent. He is extremely hardworking. He works super long hours. He works 12 hour shifts, three to four days a week. And it's just go, go, go all the time. Still never misses workouts. Is still super on top of it. But he is very much a all or nothing person. And he wants to push it to the max all the time. Mm-hmm. But what can happen is if he, you know, kind of spins out into burning out from work slash training slash all the other things he has going on, then he can completely fall off. But instead of, you know, starting sort of back at square one and tackling one thing at a time and building back up, he's he just kind of feels like, oh, I just should be doing this. Yeah. And then it's it's like a paralyzing thing. It's like you feel discouraged because you want to be doing all of these things and you're not. And then that continues to snowball and then you keep doing none of those things. Yeah. So for him and for a lot of, a lot of clients, just coaching them on backing off to that one most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, And then 
gradually adding in those other things until they're back where they were. For me, I know you said that you start the training program. I will usually start with a nutrition-based habit, Mm -hmm. depending on the client. Um, That said, with a lot of those clients, training is already is already pretty habitual, mm-hmm. especially if they're seeing me enough times per week that they're not doing a whole lot on their own. Yeah, Those clients, I usually just start back at square one, zero in your nutrition, and then all the other stuff like you know additional cardio and all the other stuff that adds up, focus on that once you've dialed in your nutrition. Yeah, That's usually sure. where I start. Well, and I'm sure we'll do a hierarchy of fat loss episode mm-hmm. coming up real soon, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll go a little more in depth on that, but that's absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it re- what you were just saying reminded me of a quote from Dr. John Resson, who I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. He has no idea that I'm shouting him out right now, but I love <laughs> that guy. Um, but his quote is, more isn't better, better is better. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like Agreed. People get dialed in and they just want to do all the things all the time. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't get you the result you want, mm-hmm. that's not what you should be doing. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, I can relate too. I'm guilty of the same thing and that I'm a very all or nothing person where I will, I will get very, very obsessive about a lot of things and it can snowball into too much. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm dropping the ball on all those things. Mm -hmm. So do you ever get to the point after trying to grind through that for a while? We just mm -hmm. like, screw it. I'm quitting all that stuff for sure to break from every last thing. Absolutely. For sure. And it's a lot of times if I get too zeroed in on too many things, the more important things get pushed to the back burner and I'm I'm too hyper focused on the wrong things. Yeah, I definitely have a tendency to do that. Yeah. Start emphasizing the easy stuff. Yeah. The things that make I do this all the time. The things that make me feel busy, uh-huh. regardless of whether they make me productive or not. Yes. So habitually, uh, what what I've used covid mm-hmm isolation to do is try and do exactly what you're talking about. Regress, Mm -hmm. build back those useful habits one at a time. Yeah. And, uh, it's been going pretty well. It takes time. Like it's not an overnight thing. You can't add a new habit every other day. Yeah. So I will say what I've noticed about you is so for those of you that aren't aware, which is none of you, uh, (laughs) or all of you rather, Alex and I are business partners and we communicate what, at least four or five times a week. Yeah. Maybe more. Um, and what I've noticed about you is that over the last several weeks, you've definitely stepped up your game as far as just like being on top of everything. You're very on top of everything right now. I appreciate that because it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I that's think the beauty of the habit. Though, exactly. Exactly. I don't have to focus on it and it gets done. Exactly. Yeah. I think the probably the times when you and I are most productive is when it doesn't feel like it. And cause I know if, if I go through periods of time where I feel really busy, a lot of times that doesn't correlate to actually being productive. Yeah. I'm just kind of wasting time. Like I'm spending too many hours on, on the wrong things. And that's why I feel so busy. Yeah. Ideally, if things are efficient and we're, we're productive, then it takes less time and we actually feel less busy. Yeah. At least most of the time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I do that a lot when it comes to editing blog posts mm-hmm. and things like that. I will reread it for way too long. Mm-hmm. There's this analogy that I heard a few <laughs> years back. It was like, I forget what temperature water boils at. Mm-hmm. But let's say you have boiling water. Yeah. 
if you crank up the temperature, is your water any more boiled? Yeah. So at some point it's just done. Like just right. move on. I do that. Put the noodles in already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do that with videos all the time. Cause as you know, a lot of my content is video based and I will take a video of me saying something and I'll get through the whole thing in one take, but there'll just be one little annoying thing that I don't like about it that no one else would notice. hundred mm-hmm. percent. No one else would notice, but I need to redo it a good five or six times. And then I don't even know if, if the final iteration of it is better than the first, it's probably worse because it, it sounds more rehearsed, mm-hmm. but I'm such a perfectionist in that regard that it, I feel the need to to keep re-recording content. Yeah. So I can relate to that for sure. And Absolutely. I feel like people do exactly that thing yeah. with the habits that we coach them on too. Yeah. And I didn't do it perfect this time. Yeah. We didn't. It's like, all right, it's all right, man. It's close yeah. enough. Yeah. Like it's dialed in. You do it without thinking about it. And just because it's not 100% perfect when you do it doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not a habit now. Mm-hmm. Definitely a point that I, I coach all the time with clients is consistency over perfection, which Absolutely. is the same thing that I have to coach myself on all the time. Yeah. That if you're doing something consistently, that is way more important than you doing something perfectly, but inconsistently. Yeah. 100%. Big time. You can be on the greatest training program of all time, but if you only follow it 50% of the time, you will get less results than if you follow a, a not super great training program, but you're dialed in consistent mm-hmm. every single week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's wrap. This has been a lot of sort of abstract yeah. <laughs> content after, after the intro we gave. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's finish with something that is practical that people can take and use right off the yeah. bat. I think where we ended up is, is habit formation. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I were to coach somebody, they were to call right now and mm-hmm. say, okay, the thing you need to fix, you probably already know what it is. Yeah. It'll be the most obvious thing. And you will probably chastise yourself for it with negative self-talk at least once a day. Yeah. Take that thing and like, for example, because this mm-hmm. is a common one, mm-hmm. people who eat fast food a lot. Sure. Obviously, fast food's not good for you. Everyone knows I should eat less fast food. Mm-hmm. I should eat more vegetables. If you're eating fast food three, four days a week right now. Yeah. Next week, just do it two or three days. Yeah. Just chop one day off. Yeah. If you were successful at one less day for a week or two, mm-hmm. you're doing awesome. Yeah. Now chop another day off of it. Yeah. Have patience with yourself mm-hmm. and take it stepwise like that. Yeah. It's honest to God, the fastest way to get it done. Yeah. Because there are no setbacks that way. Yep. I agree 100%. I would say really be honest with yourself, guys, and zero in on the most important thing you need to change right now. And put everything else on the back burner that you need to change because we all have a whole bunch of things that we should we should we need to work on. But zero in on the most important thing, whether that's limiting fast food, like Alex just said, uh, being more mindful of portions, whatever that specific thing is, or even following a training program consistently. If that's what you're struggling with, zero in on the most important thing. Focus on that for the next several weeks and then gradually add in everything else. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway from this. Absolutely. So it's, it's huge. That compound effect is going to, man, your life's going to be so different in six months. Yeah. If you just do that. Exactly. That's, that's the biggest thing is when you look at the 
compounding effect is a good way to put it. When you fast forward six months and you've been following these important habits consistently every single day for six months, that adds up to extremely drastic changes, even though the habits themselves seem really small, but it all compounds into something amazing. So yeah, that's definitely a good place to start. Yeah, for sure. So chew Mm -hmm. on that one. We'll be back with another episode in no time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Alex Kane. My Instagram handle is Health Coach Kane. You can find me there. I'm Neil Austin. My Instagram handle is Big Freaking Neil, and it is appropriate. It is <laughs> somewhat appropriate. I think it's just the camera angle, honestly. It's not. Yes, <laughs> that that is a hundred percent accurate. In fact, he looks smaller in that video than he does sitting on the couch next to me. Yes. So. Uh, we will look forward to hearing from you. Hey, if you like this podcast, please go give it a five-star review wherever you listen to it and drop a comment. Let us know not only topics you would like us to cover, but uh, any other feedback you may have. Absolutely. We want this to serve you guys as best as possible. So please open a dialogue. Let's do this. Absolutely, guys. Definitely leave us comments. Definitely ask us questions. Like we said, we want this to be practical for you. So we want to actually be covering the topics that are going to be actionable for you and that are actually going to help you immediately. So definitely leave us lots of feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. All right, guys, catch you next time. Next time. Next time.